Good morning, everybody. It is December the 4th. Yeah. Welcome to Ken's Conversation. We're rocking out a little bit. We are rocking out. Oh, is it still coming through yours? Oh, that's weird. No, I can't stop that. Sorry, we had technical difficulties, but that's fine. We're figuring it out. Yeah. We're figuring Joy. it out. Joy. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that. Okay. I know how to fix that. Anyways, welcome to Ken's Conversation. <laughs> We're getting technical. We're getting masterfully technical here. And um, what? Is there something else? Oh, I was thinking we we're not recording. No. We are recording. Okay. Yeah, it's just whenever I press this button, it puts other th- displays on. So oh, okay. if I do this, oh, I got you. You got it. Okay. Sorry, we're learning, <laughs> <laughs> but we're not here to talk about technical stuff. And not I forgot here. the timer. Not I'm here sorry. To talk about learning. Like no, we won't learn anybody anything. We won't learn anybody anything. Yeah. Um. Today we're not going to talk. We're not going to talk about complaining about customer service or how people should drive correctly. We're not going to whine and complain, but we are going to whine and complain about. We're not whining and complaining about underrated movies or we might squeeze in a TV show, but or a Dad series, I should that. say. But Dad might plug in the TV We're going to do movies. So here's what I'm thinking. You said save the best for first, right? So let's save our best for first. <laughs> and I've asked best dad to um, say, say, have three underrated movies, how we think these movies should have been uh, a hit. They should have been a thing. And when I say that, I, uh, I'm thinking of movies like, um, John, John Wick, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. Um, um, I'm trying to think of another movie. What's that one with Liam Neeson that we both like? That he's going for his daughter. Um, uh, oh, you would do that to me. You don't know either. Um, not the Gray. No. I will find you. I don't remember. Oh, wasn't that terrible? Forgive us, people. Our brains are getting older, and I'm old. Net. Um. Oh, come on. Oh, I'm, I'm not. Mm-mm-mm. Gotta look up. Everybody else is going. It's this. It's this. Say yeah, it. Say it. I know. Say it. Because <laughs> they know it better than we do. Um. It's so good that we can't remember it. That's how underrated it, it was. What? No, it's and there not was underrated. Part one and there was part two. Two and three were terrible. I'm going to look it up before you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Liam Neeson. It's the one where he has to go get his daughter. Yes, and they kidnap her and daughter it has to do with saves. the trafficking. And it is the Taken. Taken. I win. So movies like that. Taken was a was a pretty renowned movie, I think. Two and three was not. But we're going to focus on underrated movies that should have kept going. There should have been some sort of spark to keep going at it. So, Dad, we're going to try and do at least five minutes each. Okay, it's your, you're going to go first. No, you're going to go first. Oh, that's well, fair. Yeah, why not? Okay, fine. <laughs> I will go first. My third, and the reason I'm ranking them, that you're not supposed to see that. Um, not until later. Oh, the third third movie I think has been underrated. And I think it should have got more of a spotlight 
was uh, John Carter. Oh, that's not fair. Why? Was that one of yours? It could be. It, it can be. Do you want that? Yes. Okay. Yes. Put that in my list. Okay. So we can both talk about it. It's fine. Oh, because I probably know a little bit more well, about that so movie than you do. You probably do. But here's the thing. I thought when I saw it, I thought it was a great movie. I thought, I don't know. It had the right comedy, like Virginia. That that was great. I thought that was a that was that was really well written um i can see why maybe for some reason it didn't make sense in a realistic standpoint where there's beings living on mars and at this point there's nothing really on mars or assume or or assume that mars and what that's from the movie oh that's from the movie barsoom barsoom uh but i thought it had good a good world alternative that could transport beings from earth to another planet. And there was something to where there was like a new kingdom. I mean, to me, I felt like that was a little bit like avatar in a way a man goes to a, um, a man goes to a different planet. He goes the way of this, of environment falls in love and then wants to help being part of that civilization um but um disney and some of the other people just decided that it wasn't um worth their time doing that kind of stuff so what aspects of being underrated made you think of john carter like why it was underrated or something. Mm-hmm. I think maybe some people, this is just my opinion. I'm not saying, I'm not saying this is fact. I think people probably don't like the actor, the main character, um, Taylor, Taylor, Kish, Kish, Kish. um, I would, I would, I would guess people didn't like him. Um, I will say he's been kind of in mediocre movies like uh, Battleship. He was in Battleship. Oh, there's another one. Uh, yeah, no. eh, uh, <laughs> he was in mediocre stuff like that, at least from what I've heard of him. For those that are huge fans of John Carter, if you know more about him and other better movies he's been in, please let me know and I'll be glad to watch it. Um, I feel like him in general, there wasn't a whole lot of following with this guy. There's, I don't hear him in a whole lot of other things. Um, I think part of the story of having people on Mars, even though there's not, there's not that possibility of happening. Um, uh, I think for some of the critiques that might've been some other things, I'm going to look at Rotten Tomatoes, but what do you think? Oh, so I got my whole line on John Carter and why I like it so much and why I was surprised because I didn't know until I started to watch it and understand it. So I'm going to read some of this as a, a Wikipedia thing. And by the way, thanks Wikipedia. We appreciate you doing, I know you're trying to raise money because a lot of people don't give. So I'll try to do my part and maybe do you do donate to Wikipedia. I was thinking about doing it just because they don't ask for very much. They only ask you for like $2 or 75 cents or something. But, uh, because it's contributed by everybody. We're not somebody, shouting. We're not shouting out to Wikipedia. No, we're not. We're just saying that somebody has to pay for the hosting. So. Anyway, <laughs> the, the 
you know, it says the plot in 1881, a person, I'm not going to name it, attends a funeral of his uncle, right? The young, the young nephew attends a funeral of his uncle, John Carter, who's a former American Civil War Confederate Army captain who died suddenly. And, I, and I'll leave it at that. And there's this tomb and he's, he's reading his journals and all this other stuff, right? So it, for me, it was kind of like, oh, okay, here's a science fiction movie and it's kind of got a twist of uh, Star Wars-esque animals and humanoids and things, you know, because he, he ends up on, on Mars. And then uh, his gorgeous uh, co star in the movie uh, i think she was very attractive was um and did a good job uh lynn collins just did a really good job of of bringing the whole thing to um a great story like you said but what people don't understand is that the nephew that was <laughs> played the um how do i say this not the person not the actor that was his nephew in the beginning of the movie. But that person with the name of the nephew was a real life author in real life, Edgar Rice Burroughs. And usually if you say the name Edgar Rice Burroughs, people will immediately think of Tarzan. So there was Tarzan has been around and remade from TV series to movies and everything else. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of it was kind of adventure based, kind of far out, not necessarily science fiction, right? Tarzan was kind of a fictional, you know, a person that was raised by the apes in the jungle and all this other stuff, right? And became part of the jungle. Well, thing. So yeah. So in in the, of course, this is a <clears throat> kind of a. It's not really a. Um, what do you want to call it? A spoiler for john carter if people haven't seen the movie if they don't make the connection that's fine but they should look out for it if they're going to watch the movie understand that here's this nephew who's reading about his uncle's um, findings findings and and worldwide um searches right because what was his what was he trying to do he was he was trying to get back to mars Right. The whole time, all the stuff and never the searches and everything that John Carter was doing was trying to return back to his princess. Well, they left it also wide open for for continuing the story because there are some characters, um, specifically a character played by Mark Strong that um, I always see him as the average British guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> this, this guy right here. Yeah. Um, I his character kind of left a mark on that to where like, oh, and then when John Carter finally, um, when he figures out an organization, they kind of left it open, right? Because he goes into a kingdom and he's kind of fixing or making things a little bit better for that kingdom for both the Martians and the uh, other types of Martians that are there. But they left it wide open for this organization that kind of controls everything. And is their stuff just on Mars or is on other planets throughout the galaxy as well? And there's different ways to transport. So 
they left that kind of aspect a little bit open and unanswered. It's also kind of a spoiler, like it's there's kind of a good ending, but at the same time, like you don't know what happens after that. After that, like it could, it's a good thing that this happened, but depending on what has transpired, it could be bad or worse than right. than what it what they left it. Um, and again, not trying to spoil anything. I just feel like there was a huge story that people missed. Like there was this cr- uh, critic on here who was saying something about um, um, suffers from uneven pacing and incomprehensible incom- plotting and characterizations. Well, I think people were too busy on like the character building and stuff. And it was just more on like maybe the background of like where they all come from, not where they all come from, like what was going on kind of unfolding up. They were basically unfolding a plot, um, which I found it interesting. So it's like, it's a lot of unanswered stuff. I'm like, okay, we're starting to get a sense of what these guys are. And, but then now there's like a force behind it, but they're slowly uncovering the truth about it. Um, so I would almost disagree with that because I think it's a different creative approach when it comes to movies. Um, and unfortunately you have to have multiple movies in order to get the whole picture. And I think this John Carter was just one small part of a picture. If, if you catch my drift, right. I was reading about the box office releases. It's got uh, just some interesting about the millions of dollars that it made in the opening weekends and all this other stuff. But it's, um, it it was, it grossed nearly three hundred million dollars worldwide. But it was, um, it, it lost a considerable amount of money because of the cost to create it. Um, they Disney claimed the budget was two hundred fifty million, although tax ter- returns released revealed it was. Two hundred sixty-three point seven million. So they they didn't make very much profit with with the returns, but it did better. It seems like outside the United States than it did in the United States. Yeah, outside the United States. Where was it most? Uh, First place box office outside of North America. Is it Europe? Let's see. Uh, uh, It's Europe. Highest grossing areas after North America was China. China took in forty-one point five million. Russia and CIS took in 33 million and Mexico 12 million. But it broke some records like a all-time opening day record in Russia for 6.5 million dollars. This is again at the time it released. And then uh it grossed 73 million dollars in North America, 211 million in all other countries. So so that's interesting that it's more it was more of a hit in other countries besides Europe or America. And like a lot of these actors and actresses are pretty much European, mostly English. Right. So that, that it, was interesting. It, it, um, I think it goes back to if, if people understand Edgar Rice Burroughs, mm-hmm. Edgar Rice Burroughs had a huge following of readers of, of his books. And, and it wasn't John Carter; it was Princess of Mars. Um, but uh, trying to find oh, the book, yeah, yeah, trying, trying to find a listing of 
I didn't pull that up. Edgar Rice Burroughs. And if there's other um, books that people or stories that people would recognize. Excuse me. Let's see here. Mm-hmm. The Barsoom series. So there's a whole series about Mars. Uh, Tarzan. Venus. Yeah, same author that did uh, Tarzan. So mm-hmm. if you like Tarzan, you'd like John Carter. Yeah, Western novels. I mean, he had uh, quite a few. And, and you know, he was pr- pretty decent um, novelist, it says here, from 1911 to 1950. So early on, his, his writings were... That was that whole Martian craze, wasn't there? Like a lot of people thinking there was Martians mm-hmm. or something like that. I don't know. But he's most notably known for Tarzan and, and the Barsoom series. Oh. Princess of Mars, Gods of Mars, Warlord of Mars. So there you go. Yeah. There, there's a lot of follow-ons that if they found that there would be, uh, it would be advantageous from a profit standpoint that they would make some of these other movies. But Well, <clears throat> let's, let's move on to, um, to yours. I'm your just going to pick one. one. It's not in particular. No, it has to. Don't say the best one. Save the best one for last. Oh, save the best one for last. Um, well, go ahead and say your second one. I don't know. It would be. Does it have to be funny or action or? It's any underrated movie. There's no particular categories. Well, part of this is is going to probably show up on how old I am, but. Um, the uh, I know that there's better ones out there, so I, I just didn't really think about it enough time. Just say it. Um, I'll say uh, um, uh, Blade Runner mm-hmm. came out about the same time Star Wars came out, roughly seventy eight, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's got a kind of a, a a cult following. Not not that it's a uh, an old cult it's not that it's it's got that's it, just obviously People a, ref, know what a, cult a referencing is. to you love it or hate it it's one of those things where you know it's it's a a noir movie it's kind of a detective mm-hmm. movie you know it's futuristic yeah it's yeah. futuristic um actually it's like current day it's like 2021 or something so mm-hmm. <laughs> if you watch yeah. it now it's like oh what this the los angeles doesn't look like this today yeah but uh, society is there's a lot of people and it's different. So, I mean, it it's one of those things where it didn't receive a lot of accolades, and part of it was it had um, Harrison Ford in it, so that was a big draw, mm-hmm. right? It had um, oh, a Rutger Hauer, mm-hmm. so he kind of had a big draw there for a while as a bad guy. And, and so those two names, and I'm not going to remember her name, so forgive me, the, the girl with the dark hair, Kenny's going to pull it up, uh, the replicant that was, um, roll that. Oh, too far, too far. Go back. Stop. They usually have it here. There. Sean Young that played the, uh, that played the uh, 
replicant anyways that was produced by the factory and she she was you know at the time very pretty gorgeous and the storyline about you know that they these um synthetic robots if you will they weren't robots but they were synthetic robots androids that weren't allowed to be on the planet earth because they were being used to do all the dangerous stuff off off world so what why did you think it was underrated i think it was because did you think it was underrated or are people saying it was underrated <clears throat> like like critics are saying it was Both. underrated i think it was that that people just didn't um, weren't drawn appreciate to it, it yeah. at what, the time what's some of the online stuff say about it i'm looking i was going to look at rotten tomatoes <clears throat> rotten tomatoes is giving it a huge score so but this this is now compared to back in the 80s yeah so it, i mean even still it's one of the, it's, it's it's kind of a sleeper movie so if people don't know about it it's got its misunderstood when it first hit theaters yeah, it's, it's kind of got its weirdness mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of movies that are like that not not one of mine i wouldn't mention it but i would give it like like the kill bill movies right mm-hmm. those are those the kind of oddball directed movies and particular directors have a odd way of telling their stories and underappreciated depending mm-hmm. on the type of movies that people like now i like science fiction I, I like some of the, um, what do you call it? Um, uh, post. I'm just not had enough coffee. Descri- describe what you're trying to say. Um, describe the post-apocalyptic process. kind of oh, movies, okay. right? So yeah. not that this is, this is just future in the earth and what somebody perceives what earth mm-hmm. is going to be like. Yeah. Um, things like, uh, you know, uh, Soylent Green, that's where I get an old movie, um, that where, the earth is overpopulated there's issues with that but uh it's just misunderstood it's probably the best you know reference to it it had a lot of very interesting aspects of think about it it was 78 let's just say it was 80 when it came out so it was it was predicting in the writer predicting what it was going to be like in 40 years Mm-hmm. Right. And it's funny how a lot of movies that have been futuristic to some extent have been, some of the things have come to happen. Yeah. Right. The old black and white thing about going to the moon, shooting a rocket. Well, we didn't shoot a bullet to the moon and people rode in it, but we did take a rocket and we landed mm-hmm. on the moon. Right. Yeah. Regardless of whether people think that we did. I not. found that movie still visually <clears throat> acceptable right it was like there are maybe a few cgi stuff but even then like i think you were watching the final cut of it a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and when i saw it you know with everything that was going around like that still looks futuristic to me like it doesn't look like a cheap prop um that's putting into some sort of weird futuristic detail. Um, that's like, that doesn't look futuristic at all. Um, very punkish looking like post punk, um, even cyberpunkish looking visual aesthetics. Um, the acting, uh, it 
to me, it looked like if Harrison Ford was still a person, a, a young guy at that age, and this movie was released, I think it could get away with it um, to some to some degree. So and the following movie, the. um, it Was it just called Blade Runner? The 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 prequel or oh, the sequel? I mean, I, the one with uh, Ryan, um, Ryan Gosling. Yes, and we can't leave any spoilers on that one. Um, yeah, we can't. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, uh, that one was. Interesting. That was kind of like a post post apocalyptic in, was a, in a different way. Farther in, it was 2049. So again, Blade Runner was based time wise in 2021. So it was 28 years later. Yeah. From that original future. Definitely recommend it. Um, you guys sh- should watch Blade Runner first, then Blade Runner 2049. Um, if you like Dune, for those that like Dune, you'll like Blade Runner. We saw Dune. It was incredible. The new Dune. The new Dune. The old Dune uh, was hard for me to tolerate. Yeah, to tolerate. Um, shall we move on? Yes, go ahead. You want me to go? Yep. Okay, Dad, you don't know anything about this movie, but uh, you know me about martial arts. Um, there's a movie that Keanu Reeves directed, but he was also in this movie. Hmm. Uh, called Man of Tai Chi. Um, basically, this guy, this uh, guy, basically learns Tai Chi, and he's he's the master of it. Um, a lot of a lot of teachers that kind, of, or at least the teacher that taught him all this stuff, he put his life into into Tai Chi. He became the new man of Tai Chi. So. Not to give too much details, but there's a tournament that happens that he's caught up in, and it basically has different martial arts styles fight against each other. And basically what the tournament does is they try and find out which martial art style becomes the the best of that year, the best of all time at at that point. Mm. What Keanu Reeves is, he's actually the villain in this one. And he ends up being part of, I think, karate, which is funny because that's mostly what he what he knows. Um, so it's kind of a. Basically, a. A good old fashioned martial arts, Bruce Lee ish kind of thing where this guy goes to different environments, kind of like Bruce Lee going to different steps on that tower. When he was fighting different people, right? This is kind of the same aspect, and um, I've never seen it. It's really good. I thought it was really good, and a lot of it was in, um, I believe, in Chinese or Mandarin. And then there's other aspects, like Keanu Reeves is just speaking in English, and they're just talking into each other's languages, but they understood each other. Uh, I found it interesting. I know some people don't like. A whole lot about Keanu Reeves and how serious he is, but I like his style of getting kind of real into a lot of his movies. Um, it just, I think it, a lot of these, 
Asian movies that comes out are not very popular here in the United States because I think the populace here is more interested into something unique and different and um, something that's a little bit more poppy. Whereas I found the, the story of this very interesting and there's not a whole lot of character building other than what these people grew up in. Um, and then they just keep on fighting. A lot of people will not like it if they, if, if it, if you're not the type of action or interested into the, the actual sports and fitness impact of martial arts, then you shouldn't watch this. But I found it interesting how each style, the principles and the discipline that comes with martial arts is how it, how they're founded. Right. So that, that, that's was, always interesting. To was me. it, um, I'll have to watch it. Uh, is, was it fairly, um, accurate as far as like, like the, the martial arts and, and styles or was it kind of a mixed up like like you say karate but it was it true as to one of the forms of karate like i took wado rue mm-hmm. in in college but see i don't i don't i'm not i'm not much to my knowledge on the different styles of karate other than like aikido and some of the other ones um i know like there was different styles of Kung Fu. Um, but I think when Keanu Reeves was doing karate, I think he did mention some styles, but it was more like powerful hits kind of thing instead of like, I think there's certain karates. They, it, it um, focuses more on defense. I think Keanu Reeves style was more on power strikes than anything else. Um, and the thing about Tai Chi, Tai Chi um, is kind of an interesting style because t- you see a lot of people like um, you ever seen videos where there's like a group of well, people, exercising. At, people in the park and they're doing like these right. slow movements. Yeah. That's like a very slow integration into Tai Chi, where if you utilize Tai Chi to its full potential, it's like a windish, wavy mm style to where I feel like you're you're like a ribbon more or less like like you're just a ribbon going through all the crevices of parts and bodies to get to a certain form to take advantage of your opponent but in a non-aggressive way if that makes any sense um it's a tai chi has been a very soft style I believe but if you do it right, you you can outwit your opponent very well. Um, and that, so anyways, I thought that was interesting. Um, I think this type of martial arts, I think that the martial art movies that have been kind of a better hit, obviously, has been Bruce Lee and It Men. There's like several movies on It Men, which right. is the about the teacher of Bruce Lee. So you have like two or three that are kind of in that category, it yeah. sounds like, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's how I'm going to treat my my second choice. What's your second choice? It's it's a it's two series, two different um, series shows. I wouldn't say TV. They they probably were on TV, but maybe we didn't have cable or something at the time. So 
I didn't get to see him that way, but mm-hmm. um, fringe and fringe. yep and orphan like black. Okay, so uh, um, they they orphan black was five years. You're talking about that Netflix special, wasn't that orphan black was is is on is on Prime. No okay, pl- no plugs there. That's just where it's at. Um, it may be another other areas as well. But um, Tatiana Maslani, the, 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 I think one of the reasons that, that I say it's underrated because other than me seeing it there, I've never seen anyone ever talk about her. I've never seen anybody talk about the show, yet she plays multiple roles in the show, putting on different personalities. And if you watch it, you can kind of see some of the other personalities come through. But, um, whoever, whoever put this together did a, a a really good job of like having, she she plays multiple roles and sometimes she's in this, I've never heard of any of these movies she's she's been in, in. in the same room as in the same location as some of the other people. And I don't know kind of don't sometimes don't know how they did it because you can't see like any delineation where they would film two different things and she'd be in the same room with herself. Anyway, (laughs) that was some of that was probably just the videography that was really good, but is she more known for TV series or movies? Don't know. That's the thing is Mm -hmm. I've never looked up and tried to watch anything else that she's been in, but just in general, the orphan black series I think has been, um, or kick off yeah but it's kind of one of my favorite um i don't know kind of a mystery shows to um to watch um, I've, I've, gone through, I've gone through it twice mm-hmm. but over a span of about she's six years she's in fringe or not in fringe you mentioned no, fringe. No, fringe is a whole different um series okay and uh, it has to do with this uh, FBI agent and it's kind of along the lines of um I do that every time I got a friend out there who knows what I'm talking about every time I try to think of a movie and I it's on the tip of my brain or my tongue and then I can't say it um saying what when I say it's like something and I know what thing and I can see it uh agent Mulder what's that um on TV Mulder oh I don't watch the our same fans stuff. know what I'm talking about. Do they? <laughs> Anyways, she's an FBI agent. They look into, yeah. they're looking into some odd things that are going on in the world. And, uh, she was experiment, experimented on as a young girl with medications that gives her special insights and things. But again, it's kind of a long running series and, uh, the characters that are, that are in it, uh, Anna Torv, John Noble, particularly, um, Lance Reddick, <laughs> some of the folks that are in there, you, you, you and Joshua Jackson, the, those are the three, four top, uh, JJ Abrams is it. I didn't know JJ Abrams was an executive uh, producer again. Yeah. So it, it is just one of those ones where it's to me, it's kind of like a novel. It's like a really hard for me to put it down and stop watching the next ep- yeah. episode. So uh, it, again, it's got a following, I think, but, it, it just kind of got underrated 
And I haven't seen some of those actors in very many other shows, you know? Did they, they stop that? Did yeah. They st- oh, okay. Yeah. And it ends. So, mm. so that, that's the nice thing about those two particular series. And I know a lot of our folks out there that are listening, that how frustrating it is to get involved in binge watching some particular series and you get to the fifth or sixth year sometime or seventh year. I, there was one that I was watching. It was a science fiction thing. And I got to like the fifth year and they just stopped producing it. And, and I didn't watch it when it was coming out, you know, from week to week or I would have really been crazy. Mm-hmm. But here I was binge watching this science fiction thing and got to the fifth year. And then it just stopped because they decided to not produce anymore. <laughs> so you're left hanging with no story end I, or I will tell, so tell everybody if you watch fringe and you watch orphan black and you watch all the way through to the end of the years they will come to an end and you'll be satisfied i think with the ending so yeah um don't fast forward to the end you got to watch them all the way through it's not something where you can jump in the middle and start watching um some you know, part portions of the series but um anyway try those out see yeah see what you think um, number three Number one for me. I mean, one of three. But what's your number one? Oh, you're going to ask me that? Yeah, because I think we can, for my number one, I think we can both agree, like, they should have done more with my number one. Well. Unless your number one is the same as my number one. No, my number one that I thought of when you, this, this morning was, again, with more thought, I could probably come up with something else, but um, you've actually mentioned the actor already, and, but, but. It was the way that it came out and it's underrated part, part, well, it ended up not being, so I'm going to preface all this. It ended up not being up underrated because it was one of the movies that ended up when it came out, um, setting the stage for how people use a whole bunch of that movies and those directors, special effects. Yeah. Um, now it's almost commonplace to see some of that stuff in other movies, which makes it harder now for somebody to come up with something that's the next cool thing. Right. Um, also I preface it with the way in which I was introduced to the movie. Why don't you just tell me no, what no, it is? Yeah. Hold, you're Cause on. you're giving all the details before right. you even say that's that. That's right. I'm building up, <laughs> building up for more views and so, listening. Uh, um, a, long time friend of ours that I hadn't heard from for a long time when the movie came out, hadn't heard from him in a long time said, called me up and said, Hey, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. He says, you want to go to a movie? I said, sure. I said, what are we going to go see? He goes, you have to wait till we get there. So when we got there, number one is I didn't know what I was going to see. I didn't know that it existed. I hadn't seen any previews to it. So I didn't know anything about the movie. And when I walked out of the movie, I was floored. Like it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And it's matrix. Matrix? Matrix. No, it wasn't. It, it was Matrix. Was it underrated by that time? At the time it was released, I, don't believe I think it was underrated for um its storyline. Forget the forget part two and part three. Uh, just just completely well, keep watching it, but yes, I, yeah, yeah, I understand yeah. what you're but saying. What I'm saying is I because I don't think two and three did number one justice. They could have ended with one and I would have been okay. I wouldn't have had to have seen two and um it was again it wasn't so much the acting that score needs to be higher as it was the 
the story uh, telling of of that there's this world of reality and that there's this world of of uh <laughs> that we're living in software mm-hmm. <laughs> so it it was one of those things that i just don't think again it's it's kind of got a cult following that it does it still does right Uh, it's definitely like an emo gothic kind of vibe to it to where i think i think it was more liked here's the way i see it i think it was more liked not only for you for you but i think it was more liked when i was in high school specifically for those students that were emo gothic because it was all black it was all sunglasses it was all dark ish related stuff and i think that got a cult following afterwards and for people to still kind of like that um like that kind of culture it's funny you mentioned the sunglasses i actually wrote to the studio for a cop for a replica i wanted to find (laughs) out where i could buy the sunglasses that you know reeves was wearing in the movie Mm -hmm. because if you remember he just kind of pinched them out of his nose and there was no was that him or was that um um, um, morpheus no no no, it was 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 anyways so lawrence fishburne there was no uh ear pieces it was just the two lenses and a nose bridge and he kind of just puts it on his nose and i went oh where do you get a pair of those that's kind of cool so i and it's funny i got an answer back and I got an, the answer from the studio was said that they, those were made for the movie, that they were not being made in production. So yeah, it, that's, that's uh somebody wants to that's start fish burn. That's not, that's not, um, yeah. Keanu Reeves. Well, look, no, look, look, we're looking at a picture. Okay. Look, see. Yeah. I don't see. I see him. On what are you head. talking about right there? It's a different style. No, it's not. It's right there. Do you not see? So he's just mad because I'm right. I wrote the letter, not you. So I think you forgot details. I think you meant to say mm-hmm. Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. And there's You're a wrong. fourth. Now there's a fourth one coming out. So yeah, I'm kind of excited for that. Um, that's been a long time coming. I don't know. I'm hoping it doesn't mess up anything. But I'm kind of I'm getting giddy that a lot of these characters are coming back. Uh, one one character in particular, I want to see come back because he hasn't done anything in a while. I won't say his name, but do you know which one I'm talking about? Lawrence Fishburne. No. Don't say his name. This guy. No. Oh, close. The, that one. Oh. Don't say his name. Well. No. so the other the other aspect that i walked out of that movie with was that and and actually i i've said this about two actors Mm -hmm. two two people so um, agent smith in in matrix Mm -hmm. was i went wow he's a really good bad guy yeah (laughs) yeah he did such a good job um um Hugo Weaving. Weaving? Uh, is that his name? Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you his name. Hugo Weaving. I just know who, what he looks like. But he did a really Hugo good job Weaving. of being a bad guy. The other one, that I, another movie that it, I don't want to say that it was underrated, but the actor, when I saw this movie, I went, 
wow, he played a really good mm-hmm. bad guy was John Travolta in Broken Arrow. Yeah. Where he steals some missiles out of a B-1 bomber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he mm-hmm. I was so surprised that, you know, after being uh, Saturday Night Fever and a bunch of other movies yeah. and stuff that, that he was in and uh, 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 shoot, the talking baby. What was Talking baby. Yeah, you know, he's a real pilot in real life. Uh, talking, talking, something baby. talking. <laughs> Terrible show my I age. Have no idea. Anyways. Talking baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not called talking baby. It's called, it's but no, I'm, I'm saying he plays talk- a character that's a talking no, baby. No, he's not. He's the, he ends up being. When he, what, the, describe the your boyfriend thing. of the lady who has a baby. A talking baby. Oh, geez. Just pull up his movies. John Travolta. Yeah. I just put in the word talking. I'm I'm butchering his name, but thanks thanks to Google. Well, he looks super young in that photo. Anyway, um, so filmography. Yeah. You had it on the right side there. No, I'm going to his filmography. Do you know what year? Look who's talking. Look who's talking. Yeah, and okay. look who's talking too. So, and it's funny because he plays a pilot in there, but he's he's also a pilot and has airplanes on side life. He's had a really tough life too, losing I don't kids. Think I've ever heard that movie before. Look who's talking. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. Is it? Yeah, yeah. And I think the voice is done by a fairly well-known comedian. But, mm. um. Anyways, it, he's doing comedy and some other stuff, and then he plays this bad guy. And I don't. We got off on a tangent there. Yeah, we were talking about Hugo. <laughs> yeah. I think Hugo's done is a, has done a really good job as far as playing very iconic characters just because of his demeanor of a of an actor that he has. It's just that that uh, serious tone when he's talking to you and very omnipotent and all knowing, very controlling kind of tone. That was my impression, but yeah. Um, Mr. Anderson, yeah. just, I don't know, art, the, the way he articulates the I way know, I know my rights. <laughs> That's right. Mr. That's right. Mr. But Anderson, you can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably not. Correct, I but, love it. No, anyway. it, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, all right. Grand finale. Last one. I'm li- the, yours. Yeah. Mine. Yeah. I'm listening. I wrong, think, wrong. I think you no, can, well, the lion, the, the, the no, what? excuse no, me, you're such a tease. <laughs> no, it's not the lion King. Obviously there, people love that movie. There's Broadway plays at $200 per ticket to go see. But anyways, um, no, I think the most underrated movie that had never really got appreciated that I truly liked because it was a great sci-fi movie. I think would be a classic sci-fi movie. I think even though the original first movie didn't get a whole lot because there wasn't a whole lot of dialogue, um, the, the graphical effects, the, the world stories going into a microscopic world on the possibilities on how things worked inside of a machine or a box. Um, 
to and even the the sequel that didn't come until years later i thought that was a good representation of how things like the trends of clothing and styles were going to go towards um what future kind of looks like to some degree i think they've adapted a lot of the um lighting effects from it because i've seen it all the time almost everywhere um but uh tron i think tron, tron or or the the original one so tron tron the original one i can see where it's not a really great movie because of um there wasn't a whole bunch of dialogue there was really just people going to a to b um with not a whole lot to say um but tron legacy yes i think people didn't give much of that as credit as it should have gotten i think i think it was a great movie um i think i've seen tron once before but even if i hadn't seen that movie I think I would have thought Tron legacy would have been a great sci-fi movie. Um, I mean, you have, you have this, you have this plot where this kid is trying to look for his dad and there's echoes, um, of him hearing that. And his dad's been working on this project as a, um, software programmer. And, um, Basically, there's this machine that he stumbles upon and is off his old lab um, that transports him to a microscopic level into a, a computer machine into a world that's like, well, what if what are what if circuits are highways or something compared to that? And are if we program these artificial intelligence, these programs um, to learn to start learning and how to do stuff are they like people are they like robots can they have these capabilities of heart stuff i found that interesting because it's kind of what people are already kind of doing today they're trying to have artificial intelligence that Uh we create to start self realizing stuff to what's the term that you you've coined it before self-learning self-awareness um, I didn't coin it. I think you did. You coined it or you coined it from someone else. Just but, so everybody knows, I've coined that term and all rights come to me. <laughs> <laughs> Send money. Trademarked. Um, <laughs> but I found that Legacy opened up a very cool graphic uh, CGI effects for the next few movies. Now, if you see it, if you see it now, there's obvious points where like, wow, I, um, that was really scary to look at, but I think it helps settle a foundation of future because it, I've seen it in star Wars and future movies of star Wars. I've seen it in, um, nostalgia movies that are coming back and they use actors that they need that, that need that face replacement. Right. Um, like when, so in, so what I'm getting at is, do you remember when on Tron, in Tron Legacy where Sam and his dad were talking and his dad was like, I need to go. Um, I'll be back. And Sam's like, 
can I come to the world with you? Uh-huh. And the, um, his dad turns around and I forgot the actor's name. Hey man. Or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the actor's name? Um, we were, ha- we're having a bad morning. We with are. Our <laughs> we're sorry. <laughs> We know people. We just don't know their names. I'm at my second cup of coffee and I still can't remember. <sighs> he was also in True Grit. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. When when Jeff Bridges' character turns around and they have that animated shot of him. CGI. I know it was CGI, but that was, for me, it was a first of many movies to like, wow, that, that could get away. And And when it was released in movie theaters, when it was kind of that perfect pitch black Mm -hmm. background, I think that's, I think that's when it, it worked. Um, I think that's when it worked, but now if you see it like in your living room or something like that, you can obviously, obviously see like, oh, I can see all the graphics and stuff like that. Um, I got, I got well, lost of track. Like in the uh, Fast and Furious movies, when that young actor died, too, they were able to kind of CGI in and use his brother for some of the footage, which is pretty, pretty neat. You know, if somebody dies unexpectedly, they can kind of maybe finish up the filming or something like that. But yeah, uh, well. So that was a good, that was a good surprise for me that they were able to reanimate him back when he was younger. Um, I thought that was cool. I thought the CGI effects in the Tron world was cool. Like glass stuff, the texture, some of the transformation of vehicles, um, just programming aspects of it. Uh, the disc thing I still think is really cool. Um, the suits, they've actually replicated that, um, that I would like to get. They made a motorcycle off of the, a real motorcycle off of the one that they found on, um, on the, in the movie. So there was a cult following. What I got upset the most was Disney, um, decided, uh, um, sometimes Disney has great ideas. Other times they just don't know what to do with it. Um, but they came out with a series of Tron where it follows. Um, yeah, follows what? It follows. What do you want me to look for? I just want to see the other cast. Keep going. Um, um, no, I'm not going to keep going. You can't make me. Um, the. What was that? I lost track. The, 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 the cat. It follows the. What follows? It follows what? You said that it follows the. It follows the. Disney. It follows the. Disney. So uh, the Disney made a show. An, an, anima- an animated show of, of Tron. Um, like a series? Mm-hmm. Oh. It basically followed. Um, who's Tron? Duh, I was going to say, who's the hero's name? Tron. Um <laughs> It follows Tron like um, after that scene where Flynn, not Sam, but the um, original original Flinch. I forgot the character's name. Kevin. 
Kevin Flinch, where Flame. he was trying to get out of the mainframe, but couldn't and was stuck there. So this show follows after that event and Tron is damaged. Um, and he takes on a pupil, a program to like, you're going to be next, the next Tron. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a very outstanding storyline because um, at least for kids, it was like, they had like episodes where like, it didn't really follow along the story. It just like, well, this, this neutron had to learn about um, faith or something like that. Some, some moral aspect of what tr- who Tron was and right. Tron would give him like a, a wise thing, but it, it start to envelop a storyline of how Tron, like how did Tron became, um, uh, there's the, there's a nickname that they use in Tron legacy, but basically when he changed and started helping clue, like, uh, how, how did he turn to that point? Right. It was very interesting. It was getting like very dramatic towards the last of that season and they just left it. I think people underrated the the people partly probably weren't drawn to it or maybe didn't get it so much if they don't or didn't understand some computer lingo. Well, at if this, you don't yeah. understand bits, bytes, and that terminology mm-hmm. that's in the writing of programs, I, the story would kind of get lost on you a little bit. But on the animated series... They broadcast it on a different Disney channel. You know how when we had cable, there mm-hmm. was a Disney channel, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon. Well, Disney had that channel and then an XD channel, but you had to get that through extra bundle payments right. and stuff. So when they showed it to these kids, because um, that's general or these teens, that was generally what it was made for. Um my thing is I don't think any any of the kids knew what Tron was or what it's all about. So I think that's part of it why they failed. It was given to an audience that had no clue what Tron was. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I wanted to see the episodes and that and I was like really intrigued on the storyline, but they just put it in the wrong channel for the wrong audience. And I think that's why it, it never it never grabbed back up disney finally just flushed it there was rumors that they were going to have another sequel to tron legacy to follow sam's um storyline but then like there was rumors that a director was going to go in and then all of a sudden it just they just dropped it for whatever reason and i think it was a great movie legacy tron legacy i think it finally picked up what tron c- could have been but for some reason they just left it. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know what Rotten Tomatoes has rated at. I didn't have the. Oh, that was. I'm gonna also look up another on series. <laughs> Tron Uprising. Oh, never saw it. It was. They only had one season. Is it on? It's on Disney Plus now. Yeah. Oh, kind of too late for it. No, I could watch it. You could watch it, but I'm saying they never finished it. Yeah. Tron Uprising. 
Uh, Tron Legacy Rotten Tomatoes. Go back. Back. Why? Also, Olivia Wilde did really good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Good job. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, Rotten Tomatoes. I don't like this score. Um, fifty-one on the tomato tomato meter. Tomato meter. And 63% on audience score. Um, most dazzling visuals, but it's human characters and story get lost and miss its state-of-the-art production design. I disagree. Well, again, if people didn't see the first one and didn't understand the story, like if you just went out of the blues to go the blue to go see Tron Legacy, that didn't there was no story for you. Yeah. But I feel like it just missed a mark because you're starting to see all these nostalgic movies coming out like right. Ghostbusters, for example. Uh, but you said I would cry at. I still think that's what you, you heard, <laughs> but you heard otherwise. Because dad thinks I was crying when I saw Ghostbusters. There's a sad aspect to it. This is the most recent release that's out there. Yes. I, I, on the flip side, and I know we're probably about ready to wrap up here. Uh, I'm going to say this too. There and maybe this is a future talk, but um, there are some really bad movies that had real good books, right? The, the reads were way better than the movie. And, and I'm going to finish with one that I, I've got to say it because I was thinking of it. Um, I still have the book by L. Ron Hubbard called Battlefield Earth, um, Saga of the Year 3000. In the book, L. Ron Hubbard wrote a lot of science fiction stuff. He was into Scientology too, but he wrote a lot of good science fiction books. The book is like 1,100 pages. It's really thick. It takes a long time to read it. I had read it a couple of times, you know, up until like two, three o'clock in the morning and couldn't put it down. But in the book, it kept saying, oh, look for the soundtrack. Look for the movie. Look for the movie. Well, finally, I'm talking a long time after I read the book. In, uh, in the year 2000, it was an 80, the, the novel was written in 1982. Mm-hmm. In the year 2000, they put a movie out and ironically had John Travolta in it. And it was terrible. It was, it was the worst depiction of the book that somebody could have produced. And it's one of those ones where I think in the hands of the right script writer right. and the right director and the right production people even if it was ended up having to be a two-part because it's such a long story Mm -hmm. it might end up having to be a two or three part type of movie situation could really be a a a fantastic movie if it was done in the guise of what's in the book so you know that happens too that that not only do books go underrated or movies go underrated and i'm sure books do too that sometimes they just aren't done with very good justice. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us at Ken's conversation. And, uh, we hope that, uh, you enjoy it. Yeah. We didn't laugh too much, but maybe next time we'll see you. This is Ken. This is Kenny. See See you later. Bye.